So it's easier to check your Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever than to start a complex project. And the more the project is complex and the more difficult it is to start because if the project is very complex, you are a little bit lost at the beginning. So you have a fear, you have a sense of that you are lost in the complexity. And then you have a simple solution yeah, to go and to check your email or social media accounts. So the problem is that we are unable to like, experience those negative emotions and being fine with that. Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew. Did you know that in this space, we like to talk health and well-being generally every Monday and Thursday? 340, 350 plus episodes in the Happy Habit archive at this point. Lots of great discussions, interviews aplenty and topics that I think you will certainly find very interesting indeed. And if you're familiar with the podcast and if you've tuned into many of the episodes so far, please like, subscribe, share and do leave the podcast a positive review on whatever platform you're tuning in to us on, be it Spotify, iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you catch the series on. Because... It really does help get the message of the podcast out into the world. Now, today we meet Peter Ludwig. He's an entrepreneur, a podcast host himself, and author of the wildly popular book, The End of Procrastination. In this episode, expect to learn the reason why we procrastinate in the first place. We learn about the negative emotions associated with not doing the thing we're supposed to be doing and expect to find out the significance of finding meaning and purpose in what you are doing. We also learn about the value of loving the journey more than the destination itself and the downside of hedonic adaptation and lots more besides. A really interesting discussion here with Peter. I hope you enjoy. Peter Ludwig, the author of The End of Procrastination, How to Stop Postponing and Live a Fulfilled Life. Welcome indeed to the podcast. Uh, procrastination, it's something that we are all familiar with. Can we define it, first of all? What exactly is procrastination then? Why do we so often fall a victim to it? Hi, and thank you for having me. And procrastination is a key problem of 21st century because uh, we are overwhelmed by so many emails, so many priorities. And at the end of the day, we are unable to focus on what is important. So procrastination is a situation that we are postponing our tasks. And at the end, like we are unable to start with projects that we truly want to do. And uh, according to science, procrastination is always connected with negative feelings. So if you don't have any regrets, it's not procrastination, it's pure laziness. So procrastination is always connected with the um, feel of regret, feel of failure. And that's the problem because the more you procrastinate, the more you procrastinate because you have much more negative feelings and those negative feelings even increase the chance that you will postpone even more. So this is the diagnosis of 21st century. So we have social media, we have what is called cheap dopamine all around us. And then if we waste our dopamine on social media, we miss the dopamine for what is truly important. So this is the, the problem. And then we can discuss the solution. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's interesting you say there that uh, um, procrastination is, is, well, it's something, as I said, we all experience. But for me, when I think of procrastination, I think of suffering because I know I should be doing something, but I keep putting it off and we right. we will come to we will come to a, a solution. The funny thing is the energy and the, the time that I and other people spend on ingenious mm. methods to divert us away from what we should be doing are over and above what it would take to actually do the thing we should be doing in the first place. Right. Yeah. And uh, sometimes like we truly want to do those things. Yeah. I truly want to start running. I truly want to, I don't know, exercise more. I truly want to start a new project at work or I'm entrepreneur and I want to uh, do what is important for my business. But the problem is that where there's a moment of the decision, we often um, do things that are easier and uh, much more pleasant. So it's easier to check your Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever than to start a complex project. And the more the project is complex and the more difficult it is to start because uh, if the project is very complex, uh, you are a little bit lost at the beginning. So you have a fear, you have a sense of um, that you are lost in the complexity. And then you have a simple solution yeah, to uh, go and to check your, uh, I don't know, email or uh, social media accounts. So the problem is that we are unable to um, like experience those negative emotions and being fine with that. And I think that sometimes if you experience few minutes of, of being completely alone, uh, boring is, is, is very crucial because if you are uh, in the moment of boring, then your dopamine goes up. So sometimes like uh, it's about to accept that we have negative feelings and uh, be completely fine with that. So uh, don't like check your Instagram or social media when you have a feel of, uh, and when you have those negative feelings and try to like overcome them by focusing on what is important. So uh, for me, it's always about to have a good plan of the day, like to have a, a to-do list and know what to focus and then have a courage to get rid of all the noise around. So switching off notifications, uh, it's important to find a calm place for work without any distractions and so on. So th there are many strategies that are evidence-based on how you can truly boost your productivity, but uh, at the end of the day, you have much more positive emotion. So that's what they call the expansive dopamine. Yeah? If, if you are focusing on what is important, if you do something meaningful, if you are using your strengths and if you are improving your strengths, then uh, you are much more fulfilled. So it's, it's much better to uh, have a courage to start a new project rather than to procrastinate. So that's why people that procrastinate less, they have lower risk of depression, lower risk of anxiety, and they experience much more positive emotions uh, in the whole life because they are able to uh, sustain uh, exercise, they are able to sustain some positive habits. So procrastination is a, a key skill for our mental health too. Can we talk about meaning and purpose? Yeah. How can they help us overcome procrastination? Well, that's the 
whole first chapter of my book. And uh, the first chapter is about what is called intrinsic motivation. And it's about purpose at work because uh, the more we feel the purpose in activities that we want or uh, that we should do, it's much easier to start because um, lack in purpose is one of the main reasons why we procrastinate. Because if you lack purpose, well, it's difficult to push yourself to do something meaningless. So that's why we experience also growth of depression in Western world. And for example, my favorite story is that I lived two years in New York City, uh, three blocks from Wall Street. And I had a lot of friends working in uh, Wall Street in those big banks, big corporations. And the problem is that Wall Street is a place of the highest level of depression and uh, like highest level of um, intake of, of uh, some uh, pills, like uh, pills for depression and so on. And those are the most successful people. They have the best universities. They often have a lot of money. But they did a few studies there. What is the reason of, of that high level of depression? And the outcome of uh, those studies is that uh, lack in purpose is the source of growth of depression in Western world. So the solution is truly to uh, uncover your strengths and to ask yourself like, okay, I have some unique strengths. So how can I use those strengths for doing something meaningful to serve others, to help communities that I'm part of? So this is the like long-term solution for procrastination because if you love what you are doing, you don't procrastinate it. For example, for me, like I love to deliver my keynote. I love to do interviews. I love to do my own podcast. And I don't procrastinate those things because I truly love them. So uh, uncovering strengths and finding purpose is a long-term solution for procrastination. So it's not about to have a, a better time management system. It's truly about the whole mindset and about uh, how you are feeling about your work and how you feel the purpose there. Hedonic adaptation is something we should talk mm. about. What is it and what role does it play in helping us put things off that we should really be yeah. doing? Yeah, because we live in the world that uh, we are often focused on goals. Yeah, All companies, they have their KPIs, their goals, they know uh, what they want to achieve. But the problem of goals is that uh, if you are focusing on goals, then you don't enjoy the process. because. <laughs> Well, uh, the process is something that uh, you don't uh, like, for example, in, in my case, yeah, if, if I love what I'm doing, uh, I achieve even more goals when, than people that are focusing on goals. Yeah? So the old saying that the path is the destination is truly to the point, because if you enjoy the process, you are much more often in what is called state of flow. So you, you, you are in the present moment, you enjoy the process, your uh, serotonin and dopamine goes up. So you are much more creative. Uh, you are uh, much better in terms of your focus and you achieve much more. But those people that they are thinking about the future all the time, and uh, if they are thinking about their goals and um, then they don't enjoy the process, uh, they are unable to get into the state of flow. So they procrastinate even more. So this is the like, um, let's say, pitfall of, of focusing on goals, because the more you focus on goals, the less you enjoy the process. 
So, uh, and what is hedonic adaptation? A hedonic adaptation is the moment when you uh, achieve the goal. So for example, you finish your university or you buy a new car or you build a big house that you uh, was dreaming of the whole life. And the problem is that we are getting used to whatever goal very quickly. So um, for example, there are some studies that even though if you finish your university, uh, the average lifespan of your happiness is few hours in some people, a few days, but uh, usually not more than one week. So even though you win a gold Olympic medal or if you get a Nobel Prize, still the lifespan of the happiness afterwards is around one week. So that's why we should not to focus on goals because uh, if, if you are focusing on goals, you can be addicted. I call those people like goal junkies. Truly, they are addicted on uh, getting bigger and bigger goals, but they only experience short um, peaks of happiness when they reach the goal, but then they are empty again after one week. So I rather recommend people to only focus on path, only focus on process. And let's say uh, in few uh, percent, like, in, in five to 10%, of course, it's important to have a uh, some uh, vision of the future, but 90% of your time, you should enjoy the process. You should love what you are doing. You should improve your strengths and uh, you should build the, the meaning in, in those uh, daily activities. And the outcome is that you achieve much more. So, and there's a brilliant quote uh, from Albert Schweitzer who got a uh, Nobel his prize in 1952. He said something like this, success is not key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. So the path is much more important than the destination. And 90% of your time, you should focus on path and only a few percent of your time, you should think about the future. So just to be clear, it's okay to have goals. It's just where you yes. put your focus. You put your focus right. on the journey to get to your goals, but you don't yeah. focus exclusively on the goals. Yeah. And uh, I think there is a huge difference between to have a vision and to have only goals. Because in my definition, vision is something for a long term. Yeah. So for example, if my vision or mission in life is to help as many people as possible to fight their procrastination, I can do it today, I can do it tomorrow, and I can do it in 10, 20 years. So that's the reason why vision is for a long term, because you cannot finish your vision because it's something almost infinite. But if you focus on goals, like uh, if you're focusing on, I don't know, buying a new iPhone or build a, a, a new house, well, if you reach the goal, then you experience hedonic adaptation, but what even more, you experience emptiness inside because you don't know what to do next. So uh, that's why I uh, encourage people to focus on long-term projects with long-term meaning. So with your life vision or mission, uh, you can do it forever. Yeah. So you, you can, for example, um, be a better husband. You can be a better father. You can be a, I don't know, a good uh, member of society. And you can, every day, you can focus on small gradual changes to be better and you then enjoy the process. So sometimes, um, of course, there are some goals. For example, I want to finish a new book. I'm writing a new book about purpose at work now. But uh, for me, it's not about finishing the book. It's again about to help 
more people to have better lives with my ideas. So uh, this is the difference between having just goals and having something higher, like having a meaningful mission. What about our relationship with willpower when it comes to putting things yeah. off? Of course, that's the second chapter of, of the book because uh, the, the most extensive uh, meta-analysis about procrastination, uh, it, it shows us that uh, the main reason why we procrastinate is lack of what they call self-regulation. Basically, we are unable to regulate our emotions. So if you have a uh, negative feeling about uh, one task, it's much higher chance that you will procrastinate that task. And if you have a strong willpower, you can push yourself and you can start. But mm, honestly speaking, who has strong willpower? Yeah, Not many procrastinators because it's just the exact opposite. So uh, the strategy for fighting procrastination at the beginning is not to use your willpower, but it's to work smarter. For example, if you divide a huge task into smaller ones, well, then your negative emotion is it's, uh, well, it's much smaller and you don't need that much uh, willpower to push yourself. So uh, I think that procrastination, it's not a time management issue. It's rather emotional management issue. So you should understand why you feel negative about that task and ask yourself like how to change the emotion about the task. And sometimes it's to divide the task Sometimes it's ask yourself, like, is there anyone that I can work on that? So, for example, if I procrastinate and postpone um, my gym, well, I have a great trainer, personal trainer, and she's amazing. So I'm looking forward to the gym because I have amazing personal trainer. So you can hack the negative emotion with people that uh, you can cooperate with. You can hack the negative emotion by uh, increasing the sense of meaning of the task. And of course, like uh, if you divide the task into smaller ones, then you have much uh, lower or much uh, smaller negative emotion uh, at the beginning. When it comes to willpower, though, do we have to be careful? Because is it not the case that we have a finite amount of willpower in any given day? Well, it's connected with the dopamine in brain because we have one pool of dopamine and if you waste your dopamine on social media, well, then you miss the dopamine for much uh, more meaningful activities. So the main problem is not to waste your dopamine during mornings. So a lot of people, they wake up, they take their phones and they spend like 30 minutes or even more uh, with social media. And basically they drain their uh, dopamine because now those algorithms are serving you um, things that they truly know that can truly trigger your dopamine. So uh, I highly recommend people to not to use uh, their cell phones like first, let's say one or two hours in the morning. And it's similar uh, when we go uh, to bed because uh, sometimes we do what is called bedtime procrastination. We are postponing time going to bed. And um, we spend a lot of time on social media again. And again, uh, we are excited, those algorithms truly knows, uh, they, they truly know what to serve us. So uh, we can feel more anxious. We can uh, experience some um, negative uh, feelings when we are scrolling. And uh, what is the best routine is not to use your phone, like again, one or two hours before bedtime. So if you don't use your phone at the beginning, and if you don't use your phone at the end of the day, 
you are you have much more dopamine during the day and with more dopamine well it's connected with your willpower because uh, you have much more energy you are better uh in terms of your motivation focus and everything so this is the problem of 21st century because we are draining our brains uh on the meaningless things and basically we then miss the energy for what is important did I hear you talk before about the element of forgiveness, mm -hmm. that if you are forgiving, that leads to less procrastination? And when I say oh, forgiveness, yeah. this is directed towards yourself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in one beautiful study, they call that self-forgiveness. So if you fail and if you are unable to forgive yourself, if you take your failure and you overthink that, and uh, you get into those spirals of negative feelings, you procrastinate much more. So what is much better strategy is when you fail, of course, well, fail is nothing, nothing good, but uh, the quicker you forgive yourself, the quicker you are able to start again. So if you fail, just tell yourself, okay, it happens, forgive yourself and ask yourself, so what should I do better for the next time? So of course, failure, is part of uh, the learning process, right? So, so failure, we can like rebrand in our brain what failure means. And if you are able to forgive, then you procrastinate less. So again, it's about emotion. So basically uh, some people, if they fail, they can truly, un un like they can truly destroy their self-esteem with those uh, negative feelings, with regret. And the quicker you are in terms of self-forgiveness, the quicker you are and uh, the ability to start again and be better. Are we seeing, as a society, are we seeing more people procrastinate today because they are involved in working uh, remotely in the digital space, in the virtual world, whereas in years gone past, we would have been making physical products. So is it easier right. to procrastinate whenever you're not, whenever you don't have that physical product tangibly in your hand? You don't have the product of your labor to touch and to hold. Right, yeah. And procrastination is connected uh, with creativity. Like if you do something uh, simple, for example, if you are a, in a, I don't know, in a, uh, in the Middle Ages, for example, it was not that complex. Yeah. So your work uh, was about something mechanical. So you are putting two things together all the time, and that was your work. But now people they need to understand. Uh, emotions, they need to be systematic, they need to be good in communication, they need to be good in with technologies. And it's so many things that we need for uh, our work. And at the end, we are overwhelmed. Yeah, we are overwhelmed by so many priorities, so many emails. And we, we uh, our brain is not uh, used to uh, that kind of complexity, because we have the same brains that uh, people, I don't know, two, three thousand years ago had. So, for example, my brain is the same brain as they had in ancient Greece. Uh, brain didn't evolve that much in a few uh, thousand years. Uh, the, the, those changes uh, on the brain, uh, you can, you can um, notice them in tens or hundreds of thousands of years. So we have the same brain. But if you look around, we live in a very complex world. And sometimes we are overwhelmed by choices. And uh, again, there is a beautiful uh, description of, of this situation that is called decision paralysis. Yeah. Our, our ancestors, they thought that 
the more freedom, the more choices, well, freedom means happiness, right? So they thought that the more choices you have, the more happy uh, you become. But that's not the case. Yes, sometimes if you do shopping and you are uh, standing in front of, um, my favorite example, uh, in front of 50 same kinds of ketchups, yeah, they are all red, all the same, but you have 50 choices and you are not happy that you can uh, choose out of 50. No, you feel a little anxious that uh, you are unable to choose. So we are overwhelmed by those uh, decisions in all aspects of our lives. So if we are choosing uh, our uh, career, if we are choosing our life partner, if we, if we are organizing our daily tasks, if we are thinking what email should we uh, reply the first, so basically we live in an in era of uh, being constantly overwhelmed. And that's the problem because if you are overwhelmed, you are overwhelmed again with negative emotions and you procrastinate even more. So decision paralysis, sometimes I say, is a mother of procrastination. So complexity, the more the world is complex, the more we procrastinate. You use a great analogy in the book, the elephant and the writer mm. to uh, talk about uh, discipline. Can you give us your yeah. insights on this? Uh, this is a beautiful old Buddhist metaphor. And uh, basically, we can divide our brain into a uh, few parts. And we have the ancient part of the brain that is uh, called limbic system. It's about our emotions. So basically, uh, your dog or your cat, uh, it also has limbic system but then we have a uh, newer part of the brain that is called uh, neocortex and what is the most important part of that is what is called prefrontal cortex this uh, frontal part of the brain and that's the main difference between us and other animals other species because the prefrontal cortex help us to think about our future so basically your dog overeats and then it feels dizzy. We also overeat, but we know that we will feel dizzy. So that's the main difference. So we can think about our future. So this part of the brain is the responsible one. This part of the brain knows that we want to exercise more, that we want to eat healthier, that we want to get up with first alarm clock and not to snooze. But the problem is that this is very uh, like new part of the brain. This is... Uh, Few hundred, a few hundred thousand years old. But if there is a decision moment, well, then we have the old emotional brain that is much stronger. So that's why we procrastinate. And I love the allegory of elephant and the rider. The elephant is symbol of the limbic system of, of that uh, emotional brain that is focused on a present moment. So emotions doesn't understand, uh, uh, emotions don't understand the future. So your emotional brain wants to have instant gratification. But then we have a newer part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, that is a rider on the elephant. And that's the symbol of, of our rationality. And that's the symbol of, of uh, our, let's say, better self. So, and you can imagine you have elephant and the rider. And as the rider should know uh, how to tame the elephant, how to push the elephant forward. So, Basically, he needs to know some tricks on how to cooperate with the elephant. So, and that's the same case of us. We are all elephants and riders. We are all emotions and rationality. And our rational brain should know some tricks how to overcome the emotional one. So, for example, that's the case of 
when you have a huge task, your elephant is threatened. Yeah? You have negative emotion and then you procrastinate. But your rider, your rational brain, knows that if you divide the task into smaller one, ones, it's, it's easier for your elephant to, to handle that. So this is the strategy of, of uh, like helping yourself uh, to understand your elephant and to find some strategies how to help the elephant to overcome those obstacles in life. So this is a beautiful allegory because not just us, we have elephants and riders, but our life partners, they have elephants and riders. Our kids have elephants and riders. So if you uh, look at the world with this allegory, then you understand uh, people much more because we are very emotional and we use our rational brain sometimes only for uh, the rationalization uh, at the end. So we decide, uh, our, our decisions are based on our emotions and we just use the logic and the rational brain to uh, find the reasons, but uh, only backwards. Well, talking of strategies, you have a very interesting strategy when it comes to overcoming procrastination, and that is you're a fan of mind maps. And am I right in thinking that you actually yeah. used mind maps in order to help mm. you write this book? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I love mind maps for planning. So, for example, uh, I call this method uh, to do today. It's uh, from the book. So you have visual mind map of your tasks. And it's much better for your brain than to have a list yeah? because it's visual and visual cortex is, is uh, the most evolved part of the brain. So, so if, if the information is visual, it's much easier for our brain to, to uh, see those uh, connections and see those priorities. So, and I also love mind maps for creativity. So for example, if uh, I want to write a new book, I have a mind map for the whole structure for whole chapters. And then for each chapter, I have another mind map. So, for example, I put a, uh, one, uh, one, let's say, a note uh, about like, okay, I start with this story, then I mention this research, then I ask those questions, and I build the whole structure of the chapter visually. And then if I have the whole visual structure of the chapter, then I sit and write. So it's much easier for your brain to understand visual information. So, uh, and it's, it's much better than to have just a uh, simple text because simple text is uh, like 2D and visual uh, mind map is like 3D. So it, it has um, capacity of connections and you can explain like uh, complex systems better with a mind map rather than with a simple text. You have an entire chapter on objectivity. How can being objective help us get things done? Well, this is truly the, the, the core of the book, yeah? because uh, when I was working on a book, uh, I was about to write a book about critical thinking. So that was my uh, intention. But then I realized that everyone uh, thinks that he or she already has critical thinking. So <laughs> because we, we have the what is called blind spot bias, yeah? We all think that we are uh, more rational than others. We think that we are uh, better drivers than others. We think that we are better parents than others. So basically we are unable to see our uh, biases and our flaws. So uh, I wrote a book about procrastination, but I put there the chapter about objectivity and about critical thinking to help people to realize that uh, sometimes we, are very good in tricking ourselves. 
So there's a beautiful study that uh, the outcome of the study is that people that procrastinate the most are very intelligent and very creative. And why? Because if you are smart and creative, you use your brain against yourself. So you are much better in coming up with excuses in front of yourself. So that's why if you want to fight procrastination, you need to understand your biases, your cognitive biases, and you need to boost your critical thinking too, because you have to beware of your brain uh, because your brain sometimes is against you because of course you can uh, come up with a reason why not to start running today or why to postpone this task for tomorrow. Yeah, you can always find reasons why to procrastinate, but uh, if you are better in terms of critical thinking, if you boost your rationality, if you are better in understanding your own cognitive uh, biases, then you see the whole world uh, in a clearer way and it's easier for you to uh, overcome those biases and uh, at the end of the day, overcome your procrastination. So critical thinking is crucial for fighting procrastination. It's amazing how often it all comes back to self-awareness and the self-awareness feeds into your right. being uh, objective about something. Mm -hmm. It's it, Again and again, it's a theme that comes back on this podcast over and over again, it, unintentionally so, but it, mm -hmm. it just, it's amazing how it's always at the heart of everything, being self-aware and uh, as you say there, uh, being objective and being, uh, being a critical thinker and being able to look at yourself and uh, see what your behavior is and your thought process and your biases are. Yeah, and I think that in the core of all of this is humbleness. Yeah, humbleness is a key virtue because if you think that you already know everything, if you think that uh, you are the smartest guy in the room, well, you have a problem. So humbleness is about to admit that we don't know uh, everything. It's about to admit that you are wrong, or it's about to admit that there are things that we don't know um, as the whole society. So humbleness is source of critical thinking. And uh, I think that we can, uh, we should uh, ask ourselves how we can like teach humbleness at schools or yeah, how to help people to be more humble because I think that it's all always the problem of, of politics. It's always a problem of, of toxic leaders uh, at workspace or in a corporate world that they are just not humble enough. They think that they know every, everything and they often have black or white answers. So I think that humbleness is the solution of many problems that we all have, the, the whole mankind and the whole societies all around the world. Well, Peter, you're definitely a pretty smart guy. I think you have the human condition pretty, pretty well figured out because uh, I know your book, uh, The End of Procrastination, has been translated into 21 languages and sold all over the world. So that's quite the achievement. So I have to congratulate you on that. It's a terrific book uh, and it's a very engaging read. And certainly it'll, it'll motivate people out there if they're finding difficulty, uh, finding meaning in what they're doing and uh, and helping them along the way to achieve those goals. But in doing so, along the way, falling in love with that process that you spoke about. Well, now I feel very honored and thank you so much for the whole interview. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. If you're getting value from this series and it's all about getting value, please like, subscribe, share. And while you're there, please 
leave the podcast a positive review. It'll take you two seconds and it's absolutely free. Until next time, stay happy. Thank you.